Hi, this is Annika. Welcome to the podcast Gender and Climate. In this podcast, we talk about how climate change affects people around the world with focus on gender differences. In other words, how gender and climate affect and relate to each other. We always pick one specific topic to cover the subject from different angles. So, let's get started! Thank you for tuning into this very special episode today. Today marks a very special day actually for this podcast and for me because it's our birthday. Exactly one year ago today, I published the very first episode of the podcast Gender and Climate. And people, I tell you, it's been a ride with ups and downs. And while well, you're still here, and I'm so happy and so grateful to have you listening. And well, to kind of celebrate that, I've planned something yeah, kind of like special for you because even over the course of one year that this podcast is already out, you actually have got very little information about me as a person, as your host, and you might not even know why I am doing this podcast. So here I am sharing my story and sharing some things that I've barely shared. So stay tuned for today's episode. I'm Annika and as of today I am 29 years old. I was born and raised in the south of Germany in a very small village, very rural, close to a forest and yeah, already while growing up I've been strolling around nature a lot, been interested in everything that lives, grapes and blossoms. So all the aspects of nature, they got me. <laughs> In Germany, you can see the seasons very beautifully and I always found it great to watch the cycle of nature. In spring, I love walking through the forest, throughout walking through the world with wandering eyes and I'm happy about every young green leaf and every flower I discover. In summer, everything is blossoming and thrives and it's warm and I'm happy about some cooling shade. Um, autumn again, well, autumn is actually my favorite season, when the colorful leaves are dancing in the air, the fruits and vegetables are ripe and the earth prepares for hibernation, for cooling down and for getting into winter, covering itself in winter in a white dress and taking some rest. So you see that I love nature, I love the seasons and I think they are actually so, so wonderful. And for me, it's always a celebration to, to notice the changes in nature and the cycles that we have in nature. I love that. I just love to see our earth and the planet and how, how nature changes. And, you know, what we love, we must protect. And even in my early childhood, I was very aware of this and not only that but also I was aware that not all, not everyone in the world in this world in our on our planet is as well off as I am in Germany while growing up as a child having good education and well having what I had starting into this world with tap water and electricity but going to education and clothing and whatever 
So since I was a child, these two pillars, the love, the very deep love for nature and a very strong sense for equality, they have accompanied me ever since and they have and keep determining my path. So after I graduated from school, yeah, well, I kind of like wanted to help people who were not doing so well, who were not having what I have and have experienced during growing up. So after my school graduation, I did a volunteer service and worked in a daycare center for disabled children in the Bolivian Amazonian rainforest in Riberalta, el departamento de Beni, in Bolivia. So in that year, I taught a child to walk and learn, saw and experienced so, so much that I have never experienced. I experienced and saw the seasons, the cycle of nature in the middle of the Amazonian rainforest, which is so different to what I had seen so far. So I got to know the nature, I got to know other realities of lives, values and priorities and... At the same time, I also experienced what it means to live without electricity and running water. I fed malnourished and undernourished children in, in the daycare center where I was working at that time. I witnessed a flood disaster, so I really got, got to experience what it means to have friends who are losing their house to, due to floods. And I experienced what it means to no longer be able to afford food. I was, I was so sick several times during that year due to polluted water. Um, I lost dear friends in an accident and I, I lost beloved children that I cared so, so much for because of the lack of healthcare. And I lost them to death because healthcare was just not good enough in that, in that city. And I think it's getting very clear now that that year is, it means so, so much to me. And that year is pretty much one part of the cornerstone for so much of what I am doing today. And that that year really, really changed my life. So when we look at our world... We see the economy, politics, private individuals, non-governmental organizations, non-profit organizations, and well, we see so many other institutions and organizations. For me, there was a question arising, what did I do after, after, after that year when coming back to Germany after I went to Bolivia? Because for me, how do I continue my path after that service in Bolivia? But how can I work for justice, nature, the people on this planet and our world, basically? So since business can move the biggest levers in our world, I decided to study international business with a focus on innovation and entrepreneurship. And during this study, I was in Puebla, Mexico, where I worked a lot, a lot with micro enterprises, studied entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, impact entrepreneurship, and applied, really applied my knowledge 
I learned in university, my knowledge I gained on business and the social entrepreneurship, I applied that hands-on and worked with with women especially. So it was so great to see how success can be created through the smallest of actions and how families, especially women, could build their own livelihoods and how I could provide them with some knowledge and to kind of like support them to to create what they wanted to create. So after in Mexico, um, for my studies, I had to go abroad twice to get my graduation. So after Mexico, um, I went to Malaysia and did an internship and worked in the management of a multinational company. And for those who have traveled from Latin America to Southeast Asia or vice versa, well, you can imagine that it was quite an adjustment to travel from Mexico to Malaysia because the cultures are just so different. Um, but still, from, from today's perspective, it was an infinitely valuable and important experience because both cultures are so, so lovely. And um, I loved both. And, and it's, it's still so important for what I do, what I am doing today, to understand the perspectives of lives people have in different regions of the world. So after I graduated from university for my bachelor's degree, I did my master's degree in sustainable corporate governance and focused on the social component of sustainability and dedicated my master's thesis to the topic that is so, so close to my heart and the focus of, the, of this podcast the connection between climate change and gender inequality. Specifically, I was focusing and I looked at what contribution the private sector organizations can make to weakening the link between climate change and gender inequality. So basically, what can companies do to kind of like weaken or break the link, the nexus, the relation, the interconnectedness between gender inequality and climate change? or what, t- what they can do to create gender equality and climate justice. At the same time, while doing my master thesis, while writing my master thesis, and while actually studying my whole master's, I was working um, as a sustainability consultant and established a whole sustainability management in a management consultancy, which was quite fun and successful. <laughs> so... Um, Right now that I'm telling you all that, well, the impression might arise that everything was cool and smooth and it, yeah, seems to be a very, very smooth path in life, actually. Um, It was not always smooth and um, I was unhappy because I didn't see how I was adding actually value to this world. I was coming from that very deep experience and very intense experience from Bolivia and then studying and studying and I was not seeing how I was actually really adding value, how I was getting closer to my goal of working for just this nature, the people of this world and our planet. I applied for so many positions. I applied for so many jobs and Ask, I got as many rejections as I applied for, for job positions. I was too young. I had too little work experience. I had no experience in developing countries. I had 
no, well, you no, you you name it. I had no whatever um, they wanted to see. So the jobs that I was looking for, the jobs that I was applying for in the gender and climate area that are out there, that were out there at that time, nobody wanted me. And I was so, I was so sad. I was so depressed and I was so demotivated. I, it was so exhausting. So, um... Yeah, it was it was really not not a not a cool time, um, and you you need to know that I always have been a bit of a bundle of energy, and I liked I liked starting things and building things and rethinking things and just creating things out of nowhere and doing my own like adding my own bit of whatever to the story. So. At that time, um, actually, little by little, messages or comments reached me and um, people told me, well, you could record actually an audiobook or you could just do some videos, which would be cool. I think you could do that. Um, so basically, people were telling me that I could do anything with my voice. I could use my voice. Um, yeah, one day, actually... I made that idea that I was coming up with reality and created the podcast Gender and Climate. So the podcast was born. Yeah, well, over the course of the last year, we've been actually answering questions like, how is climate change and gender inequality actually connected? How do these topics relate to each other? What angles do you have touch points to the topic? Why is that nexus that we're talking about so, so strong? And why is the tackling or solving or weakening of it so hard? And if there is a scientific proof of that, of that very nexus or if it's just a gut feeling... How are people from different countries affected differently? Why are women active agents of change? And how can we empower them to be such well? And so much more. So these are broadly speaking the topics that we have been focusing over the, over the course of the last year, of course, focusing on entrepreneurship and climate finance and politics and academia. So, so many, so many areas actually. So the topics and areas um, that we that we discussed in 26 episodes with 28 guests from 23 different countries. I mean, say it again. 23 different countries. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. So there have been so many voices from so many different parts of the world and I think that is just so so great. With this podcast, we have already reached people from 17 different countries around the world and listeners in four figures. So it's been actually quite a bunch of people that are listening regularly to this podcast. And yeah, again, thank you to all the listeners out there. Everything that I do here, I do it completely without pay and I do it in my spare time. So if you like what you hear, what you're listening to, if you like the content, 
then it would be actually the best gift for me for our birthday today if you would write me, if you would leave me a rating on Spotify, if you shared this podcast with your families, your friends, your networks, because people, only together, we can achieve gender equality and a climate-just world. And we need for that, for that, we need all hands on deck. But now that you know about the podcast and me, I would actually like to switch the focus again and to shed the light again on the topic that why we are here together, gender and climate. I mean, as you probably know, from November 6th to November 18th, there is the COP27 ha happening. Heads of states, ministers, negotiators will meet with climate activists, mayors, civil society representatives, CEOs, and they will meet in the Egyptian coastal city of Sharm el-Sheikh. And, well, the COP27 is the largest annual meeting on climate protection. So currently, the 27th World Climate Conference is going on in Egypt. We know from droughts to floods, cyclones, to torrential rains. Climate impacts have devastating consequences for the world's most vulnerable countries and communities. Women and girls are particularly affected, yet excluded from many conversations, discussions, committees and tables when it comes to when it comes to how to respond to these climate impacts. Knowing that you might be wondering what the demands of the gender and climate communities, um, such as the Women and Gender Constituency, Care International, or Gender Smart, are, um, I looked them up for you. And here's a tiny excerpt of the demands of these communities um, that they're having at COP27 for the heads of states, ministers, negotiators um, on, on the whole topic of gender equality and climate justice of this nexus that we are talking about here in this podcast. So these are some of the demands that they are having. To integrate gender into public and private climate policies. To develop gender metrics in the climate context and integrate them into climate finance reporting. To address loss and damage due to climate change in a meaningful way to achieve and sustain the full, equal and meaningful participation of women in the UNFCCC process. They are demanding that climate adaption planning must be gender responsive and that climate action must be gender responsive. So climate adaptation planning and climate action both have to be gender responsive. So these are some of the demands that they are having. Actually, if we have a look at it, and we're discussing it in every episode, actually, the world has solutions to solve the climate crisis and to solve the gender inequalities that we are facing. But what we really need is the will, the commitment and the action of politicians and the private sector to really implement their solutions. 
we know from the last 26 episodes that there is an urgent need to include marginalized voices, voices in our responses to climate change, as this will have an impact not only on our society, but also on the planet. Governments must make the COP27 a turning point and take decisive action to respond to the near-apocalyptic and interconnected crisis that the world has witnessed in 2022, with the most vulnerable people bearing the brunt of the suffering. And now, I mean, this episode is coming out on the 16th of November, and COP will end on the 18th of November, and if you are interested in more of these kind of like uh, political topics, like this one I'm currently speaking about, um, I really highly recommend listening to the episode number nine, where I talked to Gina Cortez Valderrama from Colombia about her experience as, at COP26 and the outcomes of the discussions of last year. Yeah, well, on that note for today's first year birthday of the podcast, um, I would like to take the opportunity to thank everyone who makes this podcast possible. First of all, of course, to all the interviewees, to everyone who is who is and was willing to take the time to talk to me for every tip about an interesting topic, or person or institution. To you again, the listeners of the first hour and especially also to one of my dear friends, Mickey. He's my former flatmate and from Mexico and he helps me to keep improving the audio quality so that you all have an even better listening experience. So thank you, Mickey, for doing your magic around all this audio quality. <laughs> Special thanks now as well to everyone who supports me personally on this podcast journey, who cheers me up when I'm feeling down and low. Um, who celebrate success with me and of course special thanks to to my parents and to my brother to my boyfriend and to those who are responsible for me embarking on this adventure thank you so so much to all of you for next year giving you an outlook of what i am planning for this year to come <laughs> Uh, for next year, I'm planning some episodes in Spanish because I know that there are many people living on in Latin America who just don't know um, English that well. So I would like to focus on that. I would like to focus on the big topic of energy that we are currently having an energy crisis, at least here in Europe. So I would like to focus on energy, on renewable energy, energy consumption, energy communities, um, women in energy, in the energy sector, and yeah, so much more. And yeah, if you know someone who should, in general, contribute to this podcast, please let me know. I am always looking for great people and great stories, and I'm so happy to get to know nice people from all over the world, um, from very different countries. So if you're from a country listening from a country that we have not um, had an interviewee from, please reach out to me. I will close this episode now with the most important sentence for our all future. Only together can we change our world for the better.
Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for listening. Please make sure to hit the bell to not miss any episode. If you enjoyed it, share the podcast with your friends and help us spread the word. Because only together we can change our world to the better. Thank you.